It's called Dreaming Big. Hey legends, welcome to Mike with Mike episode 4 for Weathering Winter. My guest today is Anthony Van Eyck, also known as Tony, someone I reached out to to talk about digital marketing in the current climate. Tony and I catch up and talk about how we first met, which is a pretty funny story, find out a little bit more about Cube Online and his involvement in his business, uh, and also about their latest service, Bricks to Clicks. Really exciting story about how they took a traditional brick and mortar butcher shop completely online within seven days at the peak of the COVID pandemic, and quite a personal story for Tony. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. They say the big smoke's where the money's at, and this isn't a relapse when I say you're but funny enough, I wanted to start, I actually want to start with, you know, with, with the intro, which was the first time we actually met. I don't know if you. No, I, I was trying to think, I was trying to think back to that. I was, cause you're like, I've got a funny story. I'm going, maybe it was, I was thinking it must've been in a Brisbane office or something like that, but. No, oh. so um, I'd seen you around. Yeah. I'd seen you around. Um, obviously I think you, you, know, you used to be in the, in the marketing and sales industry and it was, there was a, there was an, uh, there was a meeting that was hosted in Melbourne. Must have been um, must have been 2014, and then after the meeting, there was an after party, and at the after party, oh, it was it was a weird night because the the uh, where the after party was the nightclub that they'd hired out. I think it was like Molly Meldrum was releasing a CD, and the guy that was there was the guy out of oh, the the Wog Boy, the actor. Oh, it was, I, it was, I it was crazy. At the, at the nightclub, yeah, I remember. I remember sitting there. I was talking to Josh, and Josh was like, "Oh, mate, do you know Tony?" And I was like, "Nah, you know, he always just seems a bit arrogant." And I remember Josh going, "Hey Tony, Michael just think Michael thinks you're arrogant," and I'm my I just <laughs> this is a good segue, yeah. Oh, he just he just <laughs> straight away, and I was like, "Oh shit, no, I didn't mean it like that." No, it was funny. It was uh, it was it was funny. I, was, I think I um, you know, had six or eight beverages by then, or if not more. So, but that you're was, a bit more confident. Yeah, that was the uh, the moment that, that we met. Josh said, "Hey Tony, Michael uh, Michael thinks you're arrogant." I'm not sure if you've met him before, and I was like, "Oh, I, I, you know." So that was the. Uh, that was the story. So, and obviously, since then you've gone into Cube Online. Can you tell me more about what they, what you guys do? Like, what is what is Cube Online? Yeah, Cube Online. Our, our business is kind of split uh, in two halves, if you will. So, imagine the first part of the business is a, I guess, a traditional software business. So, we uh, build, develop, and sell uh, software to small and medium uh, enterprise clients. Yeah. And then the second part of the business is more what I'll call a traditional digital marketing. So we do, you know, web design, development, uh, social media and strategy. So some of the clients we work with are on both sides uh, of, of the fence, if you will. Um, and then some of the clients, we just work with them uh, on, on either side of them. Yeah. Okay. And you, was that, because I remember your, you know, prior to that, you were, um, you know, doing it, you know, outsourced, outsourced sales. Was that a client? And then, or you helped develop that? Yeah. Is that how that was, you, built, you built, was, ended up building a product of your actually, own? Yeah. I, I was doing sales um, in, on behalf of, a, I guess, a company, you know, very, very similar in relation to the some of the initial products that we were selling. And yeah. after a, a period of time, when we were, I was doing the sales every single day for the, this company, I was thinking I could probably just do both sides of it, if you will. So yeah. um, then we transitioned from, I guess, just doing the sales uh, of the business uh, to actually doing everything for, from start to finish. So... We initially only started with one product at, at the time, which was the, the product that we were used to selling. And then over the last, uh, must be what, three years now, um, we've probably added another uh, eight or nine products into the mix over the last kind of couple of years. So you were, so they were a client and then you went and continued to, you bought into it? Is that, is that what happened or you? you yeah, just, yeah. yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. bought into it um, and, then, uh, and, then bought, and then bought some other people out of it as well. So yeah. 
um, yeah, initially a client and then brought into the business. Yeah, and things have obviously gone gone well. I, I know you were a host on a call that I was invited on, and you were just you were the host there, um, maybe four or five months ago with Greg. Yeah, th- th- things have done. I think exceptionally well, probably over the last uh, twelve months in particular. Yeah. Um, things have taken off. I think we had probably maybe eighteen months ago. Now we had you know a team of about seven or eight you know full time staff, and we're up to a stage where we've got over thirty now. So um, yeah, it's probably mainly been over the last kind of eighteen months that it's really yeah. started to take off. And is that because businesses have become more aware of you and what you're doing, or digital, digital in general, or you've just got some systems in place that have helped drive that a combination of everything i mean yeah. uh probably most importantly it's just that we actually also know what we're doing as well so I go, the reality is you know we were still figuring a lot of the stuff out ourselves at the very start as well yeah my you know background is certainly not being originally in digital marketing so i think i was just also building my uh, skill set over time as well yeah. i had someone ask me the other day like so how do you actually do this for a client like where did you actually learn to do that and i said in all honesty i'm just I've just self-taught myself. I've watched yeah. a million different videos, YouTube tutorials. I've chatted to a lot of people. I've tested and tried, etc. But so I think it was just actually, yeah, me upskilling myself, and then also secondly, just building a, a team. And the longer that team of people has been around us, um, the better that they've got as well. You know, every single month they've got better and better and better. So then we've been able to add more people into the business as well. Yeah, because that well, that was my next question. I was like, how do you go from, you know being someone who's really effective at sales to now running a digital digital agency essentially like that's <laughs> I'm assuming yeah, there's probably some, some people around you that have maybe got a little bit more TED talks uh, fake it till you become it um, <laughs> and I, I reckon that was just me for a, for a period of time and I was just I was confident in saying everything that I was saying to customers and yeah they bought into the concept and then I was confident um, saying it to my staff and then they bought into it and then I think after a while I was actually doing the things that I said I was going to do. So then it became a bit of a, a reality. But for, yeah, for the, I mean, for those first two years, um, yeah, it was certainly um, uh, making it up as you go, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So I've been doing some um, some online online training about just getting getting some digital skills and different stuff. And I'm, you know, people sometimes ask me, "What are you What are you good at?" And I'm like, "Oh." I've got a strength and a weakness, which is I like to know how things work. Like I'm, I'm one of those guys that's like, I need to figure this out. Like I need to know how to do that thing. And sometimes that can hold me back in business because you don't just go and delegate tasks. You're like, no, I'll, I'll do it myself. I'll figure it out. Would you say that you're similar to that in those, those, yeah, those I've, two I've, years? I've wanted, to, I've wanted to figure everything out, definitely. But I've also probably got to a stage now where I know that the benefit in me is, is not getting too much deeper. And I think... Uh, some of the pr- services that we provide clients, I'll have a really good high-level understanding of where I go, hey, I understand the nuances and I understand how it actually works, but I-, I wouldn't do the work technically myself, if you will. So I think yeah. what I've now realized, it's probably better to know, you know, 30% of lots of the things that we do instead of 100% in one thing, if you will. So I guess I've, I've tried to be a little bit of a, a generalist, if you will, instead of just a, a specialist to pigeonhole myself. Yep. And um, I think because I've been a generalist, that's why we've been able to also add so many different things into our business as well. Because I go, I know enough about enough now to, to add these in. And then all I've done now is just hired people that are expert in that particular yep. area. I go, okay, cool. We want to do more of that. I'm just going to hire someone that's really kick-ass in that. 
and I'm going to let them take that over. Yeah. Because I was thinking that I went and had a bit of a, you know, stalk online and was looking at Cube's website and I was like, oh, there's got, I, f- I swear that product suite has grown dramatically in the last 12 months from last time I looked at your website. I was like, there's so many more things that you guys offer. So, it's good to know that answer. Just hire people that are amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. And was that always the plan? Digital marketing agency? <laughs> no, never. I never even thought about it as as an as an option. If you're, yeah, I think you also don't realize uh, how many or how big an industry is until you get into it. If you will, you know, I, I heard people talk about you know agencies as an example. And then the more I, I got into it, I was like, oh my god, this is an absolutely huge industry. So no, it wasn't my. Um, it certainly wasn't on my initial uh, initial plan, if you will. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, so what did you, what did uh, what did Tony do out of out of school when he was going through school? What did Tony want to? Yeah, I, I think I know where this this question is 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 heading. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, as you might know, I used to be a, a Kentucky tour guide uh, in the Greek islands in, in uh, Mykonos, Eos, and, and, and Santorini. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it's quite funny if I've got some friends of uh, that I work with. Uh, you know, also friends on on Facebook and. You know, obviously, you can go back and, and see yeah. people's photos. There's there's this photo that uh, one of the guys loves showing new new team members. It's me in Greece. Yeah, I have these uh, red, uh, bright red speedos on um, <laughs> that were KF- KFC branded. It said KFC Eleven Secret Herbs and Spices, <laughs> and then me with these big black sunnies on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he he loves showing any new staff members uh, the old Tony. Oh wow! There you go. So did you go traveling just out of school? You just jumped, or was that? Yeah, yeah. yeah year, year after school, me and my uh, best mate from Brisbane, uh, Ben, we uh, headed to London, like a lot of people, uh, did a, a top deck tour, uh, and then yeah, was working in a pub over in London, and then uh, and then got the call up and and worked in Greece before coming back. Yeah, wow. It's, I'm sure. Um, yeah, off off air, there's probably some great stories about. That. <laughs> Yeah, I I, actually, I went back there last uh, last year for the I think it was yeah the, the first time uh, in I don't know yeah fifteen years or something like that so it yeah. was a blast from the past. I could imagine, I could imagine. And then um, obviously with everything's happened, COVID related, I think. Oh, watching watching online, I think everyone's spending more time online at the moment. Um, but on platforms like LinkedIn, you've been very very busy. I'm not. Yeah. Sure, I would not sure if it's more. Bu- you know, you've been busier, or I'm just paying more attention. But it seems like you've been very proactive throughout it's, the. It's actually one of my focuses for this year. Uh, was was LinkedIn. So I kind of set a goal at the start of the year about it. Yeah. There was a few reasons uh, behind it. Um, the first was the organic reach on LinkedIn. So if you look at how most social media platforms work, so if you look at a Facebook or an Instagram, if you will. When they first started, uh, the organic reach on those platforms was really strong. So you could put a post up on Facebook um, and about 60 or 70% of your organic audience would see that post without you having to pay for it. Yeah. That, that now is at 2%. So if you do a post on LinkedIn or, or Facebook today and you don't pay for it, about 2% of your audience are going to see it. On LinkedIn, organic reach is still at over 50%. Yeah. So... One of my things for this year was leveraging LinkedIn, why the organic reach is still so high. Now, eventually what's going to happen is LinkedIn are going to go down the road of Facebook and Instagram, I assume, and they're going to charge you if you want to get your content out there, if you yeah. will. So I kind of looked and went, hey, it's probably a, 
maybe one or two more years, I think, before LinkedIn go down that route. So I wanted to take that opportunity to push out some organic content. Yeah. Um, and then we also have a, a bit of a corporate outreach strategy that we're doing uh, as a business in quarter four this year. Yeah. So I know when we do that, people are naturally going to do their research on our company. So I wanted to make sure that I guess myself as the director has a really good presence. The company has a good one. Yeah. Uh, and then my last one as well, I just thought that this year was a good opportunity just to actually share some good insights. So I go, hey, our business has actually grown a lot over the last two years. So I thought I had some good insights for people that can actually help. You know, yeah. I go, um, and yeah, that, that was my other reason. Just when I, I probably think I've got some value to give people. Yeah. Is there any little hacks on LinkedIn? I noticed that you uh, or you some of the staff get popped in the comments. I think if, is it the first 10, 15 minutes of this high activity on a post, it's going to rank higher? Is that? Yeah, c- correct. Yeah, one of those things is is activity. And look, most of the social networks work the same like that. With yeah, yeah. They reward popular posts. Um, things that uh, help on LinkedIn posts in particular, um, look, this is the same as any social platform, but video has a, such a higher interaction rate than uh, photos. Yeah. I even know that myself, and I just, but I do catch myself being lazy sometimes just because it's easier to chuck up uh, a picture. Yeah. Uh, and then also trying to uh, ask a question uh, in that first kind of opening statement, if you will, to drive that, that people know it's supposed they should interact with. Because if it's just a statement as an example, the person that reads it doesn't necessarily think, hey, this is something that I've got to comment on, if you will. Yeah. Like a, call, a bit of a call to action or encourage people yeah, to engage at the end of it. Yeah. Very, uh, very first part, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then with um, obviously with COVID, has things changed much? Cube, like the guys. What is the what is the the vibe in Sydney at the moment? It's probably a little yeah. different up here. Yeah, well, apart from being cold, I can see you're obviously in Queensland because I got a woolly jacket and you got a t-shirt on. Um, business confidence. I mean, in March, I, I assume like everyone in March, it was absolutely crazy. Um, uh, there was. Customers that were just, in all honesty, businesses were just shitting themselves because um, they were like, they just didn't know what was going to happen, if you will. So yeah. if you were to look at March to today, it's like we operate in two different worlds. Um, market confidence is, is, is certainly back. Like uh, we exceeded our sales target last month by 25% to give you a bit of an idea. So yeah. m- market confidence is definitely back. Uh, I think the teams are also feeling a lot more positive because there's a... I don't know, like a light at the end of the tunnel where they know things are going to finish and, and yeah. go back to normal, if you will. So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I mean, it's just getting it's getting better and better every day. Yeah. Um, we used to have a, a daily meeting that was called the Coronavirus Update, um, which is a pretty weird meeting to run every day. Um, you know, I now run that once a week and it's normally sharing some positive stuff. So, yeah. it's actually pretty nice. Yeah, I feel like we, um, I think Australia in general, like we, we got off pretty easy so far and it's not over and it could spike again and, and those things, but I think... We probably thought we we're going to be, because oh, yeah. there, there was no no finish line. And everyone's like, "This is going to be the forever," like you know, with the, the restrictions that were in place. And same in your business. Um, yeah, we, obviously we're 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 not back to normal activity. We've got yeah. some stuff that's keeping the guys busy, and and, and nothing is generating a huge amount of revenue. That's probably been the biggest hit. Um, we qualify for a few incentives um, and stimulus from the government, and the Queensland government announced another one just two days ago. Um, All right. Yeah, so uh, which might be down down your your alley actually, because it's to do with digital. Yeah, some digital of the grants. Yeah, to to, st- to to spend on your business. So yeah, look, we we fine. We take a hit like everyone else, but I think we can see the. We see can, the light. We can, yeah, we can see the sunrise coming. So 
Um, and then have, when when March hit, was there? Did you have like was there a major loss of clients for you? Was there people that were calling up going? Yeah, we, we had a um, yeah we we had a, a huge a huge loss in customers um, over about a four week period. But some of those were in industries that it made entire sense for them to stop marketing. So yeah. we work with a, a good volume of people in hospitality, uh, retail, and health and beauty. So yeah. For those people, it was an, a no-brainer for them uh, to stop spending money on marketing because their doors weren't going to be open. Um, but I think there, there was some other people that probably wanted to stop their services originally just based on a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction. But once we were able to talk to them and I guess explain what it actually meant for their business from, from a digital perspective, they were actually happy to, to continue working with us. So we lost customers in industries that you'd certainly expect, but 95% of those customers also said to us, as soon as this is all over, give us a call and you know, we're happy to re-sign up again. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then is that, was that, did that come into the birth of the Bricks to Clicks concept or is that, like obviously there's a bit of a personal story behind there as well? Yeah, the, the, the Bricks to Clicks one, um, as, as, as you probably know, was a, a service we launched, uh, quite honestly, be only because of my old man or else yeah. um, I just wouldn't have thought of the idea. So I've, I've, I'm lucky, lucky to have him there, there yeah. for that particular <laughs> idea. So um, the, the whole, like, I guess, goal of, of Bricks to Clicks was to take businesses that were a traditional brick and mortar company, if you will, um, into one that could completely service their clients online and be a zero contact company. So uh, online shopping, click and collect, home delivery, um, and allowing their business to actually to continue to operate regardless of what was going to happen um, with foot traffic. So it, the product wasn't born out of, I guess, us losing customers. It was quite literally was born out of me doing it for my old man. Yeah. And then my old man did something like, nearly $2,000 in online sales in like a week. So I was like, shit, you know, <laughs> if he can do this, yeah. um, you know, and he's a, a seven-year-old butcher in suburban Brisbane. So I was like, if, if he can do this, you know, like yeah. what's the possibility for, uh, you know, other businesses and, you know, proof's been in the pudding. Did he, did he ever, um, did he have to physically shut his doors at any point? I know obviously. No, he, no, he, point. he yeah. ended up actually being quite, quite lucky in the, in the yeah. butcher shop um, phase where he didn't have to shut his doors. But the other, I guess, reason behind it is I was also, uh, and, and our family were kind of like, maybe he should close. My old man, you know, said he's 70 and has got uh, pre-existing heart conditions. So I wasn't overly pumped with him serving, you know, 500 people a day in a butcher shop and, and potentially getting coronavirus as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I would have actually preferred he did shut his doors and just sell online, but... Um, yeah, that that wasn't uh, that wasn't a conversation that he was open to, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I think the other thing as well is like people don't know what the new norm is going to be. You know, with consumer confidence, with going, if there's an alternative to go and get the butcher shop online versus having to go visit them, like that's just a convenience factor that digital's. Yeah, I, I think it'll be. I think it'll actually be a, a wake up call for a lot of businesses that maybe traditionally have just relied on foot traffic that go. You don't have to stop your foot traffic business, but you can literally have a second, you know, stream of revenue that you previously didn't have before. So, yeah. like, I don't think it's going to replace butcher shop foot traffic, but I think it can really complement it. And, that, and that's the same for a lot of businesses. Like, this second form of revenue, if you will, can yeah. 
just compliment what they're doing. We had a, um, a beauty salon approach us and I was kind of like, I don't know how I'm going to help this, you know, particular, particular lady with this yeah. service. But what we ended up getting to is a stage where she's now doing uh, a consultation, skin consultations via Zoom. So we built in a Zoom integration to her website. Yeah. Um, free and then suggest products based on that for your skin type and then he's selling her products through her online store and one and she's done like thousands of dollars of sales in her first month of doing so but she was a beauty salon that was that was closed completely from from COVID-19 yeah so I think there'll be lots of businesses that can have these like extra little businesses on top yeah a couple extra thousand dollars in the end of the month it's not bad (laughs) yeah absolutely so okay and then um what the, like, how are you preparing your team at the moment for, I guess, the next the next transition, which is, and I'm not sure where Sydney is compared to to Queensland, but we had some restrictions lifted last weekend. Another few weeks, and we get some more lifted. Like, how are you preparing your team? Yeah, next little period. We have um, we've had a few less restrictions, I think, uh, lifted than you guys. I think maybe we're we're one kind of um, one stage behind you, if you will. So. Um, we're aiming here for a July 1 relaunch, so what I'll call kind of back to business as normal, if you will. So I guess to, to prepare, um, we've been yeah, putting together these relaunch documents, if you will, but something that I did this week that I got some really interesting insights from is I sent out a survey uh, to everyone in our office and the, the survey asked them, firstly, how they thought that we had managed, managed the business through the crisis from a, a staff and a customer's perspective, but also then actually asked them, are there any like specific concerns you've got about coming back to the office as an example? You know, what would you like to see us implement moving forward based on what we've learned from the coronavirus? So what I'm doing at the moment is gathering all the information from everyone. So to ensure the team are as prepared as possible, I guess having a a specific plan for each person when they come back. So there's some people, as an example, in our business that have absolutely loved working from home. And if their preference would be to work from home four days a week moving forward, but there's been other people and probably the sales guys in particular, that they just hate it. They're just like, get me back into the office now. I need to be around people, yeah. (laughs) So I guess how we're now preparing people is we're putting together an, an individual plan for each person. So I've got like a... A one page review that I'll put together, yeah. And you know, what is the person like? What's their situation moving back? So instead of trying to have a blanket rule, um, having actually like tailored solutions for people when they're coming back. Yeah. Okay. There you go. And is there anything anything weird? Anything weird come up in the survey? Like any? No. I I just think that um, I, I was just I, I don't know. I was just amazed actually how well people did working from home. I, I was a little bit of a pessimist on like working room, I'm like, I don't know how that's going to work. But yeah. I, I was probably just surprised how many people uh, really liked it. But also people that liked it, they also appreciated how much they liked the office as well. So I think that's been a good thing that uh, people have got a little bit more appreciation for the, the office as well, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think, you know, I was, I was the same. We had a period there where we were looking at working, having some guys work from home and I was like, same, like they're going to be doing nothing. <laughs> We've got some young guys in the office. I'm like, they'll be playing Call of Duty, or <laughs> yeah, I think I think that um, yeah, it depends a bit. But then I looked at myself and I was like, you know, shit, I'm actually more productive at home myself, yeah, um, because I, I I can get in the zone. But um, I heard someone uh, say like, they go, just because you take the washing out at three in the afternoon doesn't mean you're being unproductive. So I go, yeah. 
I'm, I'm sure, like me, when people are at home, you know, they'll, I don't know, put on a roast earlier in the afternoon or they'll take out the washing. I'm, I'm sure they do that type of stuff. But I go, the reality is if they still get their work done, then... Yeah, it's the old like time versus task focus conversation, isn't it? Like if, you, if they get the, the task done, does it really matter how long it takes, you know? like Yeah, and, and there's so many good tools now to measure productivity and especially yeah. if, if we're working in sales, you know, we can measure all their metrics. and Yeah, and you guys continue to, you know, obviously to do sales throughout this period and... and yeah, our, our sales have been strong. Yeah. Um, all we did is we... So we, we did two things. So we changed our tack of industries. Yeah. Um, so... We went and went, okay, well, what industries are going to be busier through, through this time? So one of the spaces, um, hopefully not too many of my competitors watch this, but one of the spaces that we just thought they're going to be busy uh, is mortgage brokers. So people yeah. wanting to refinance their loans because yeah. they don't have any money. So we went, okay, they're going to be busy. So we just started prospecting those guys and voila, they were busier than ever. So they were more than happy to speak to us about marketing because they had money to do so. And, and then we also changed our pricing structures. So for some of our products this month, um, we've said to the client, instead of paying 600 bucks to sign up, you can just pay us a dollar this month and then you can pay the remaining off over the, you know, the term of your contract. So we just we changed industries yeah. and then we changed a, a little bit about our pricing structure. But um, And then look, we, we did move some people out of sales um, yeah. into like more client success work for a couple of months. Because yep. um, there were a lot of clients that needed additional handholding through this time that were kind of in panic mode, if you will. So we were trying to uh, cool those, cool those heels. Yeah. And then how about you, mate? Like I know that um, you've obviously been disrupted probably more than most people, and I know there's I've got a few friends that um, had weddings planned and and things like that. That you know they don't know what's happening yet, and they're, they're at the end of the year. But you had your wedding, but your honeymoon yeah, was. I got married on the 7th of March, which was the um, the last weekend before, sh- you know, shit hit the fan really. So, yeah, we got in one week uh, early, which was great. Uh, we didn't have our uh, <laughs> didn't have our honeymoon, obviously. Yeah. Uh, our honeymoon was supposed to start in New York. So, we're, we're pretty lucky uh, <laughs> that we yeah, didn't. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe if it had been, you know, if, if it had been a month later, Corona, and it was... Yeah, we would have been stuck in New York for a while. So... But personally, I, I, honest, I actually haven't found it, uh, like for me as an individual person, yeah. I honestly haven't found it that bad. Like you can probably see I'm, I'm working in my office still. I've, yeah. I've come into my office every day since it started. Uh, there hasn't been hardly anyone else working here, but I just, I, I like that sense of normality yeah. uh, myself. And yeah, in, in some cases, I've actually, I've actually quite liked some points of it. Yeah. Um, it's given you, I don't know about you, but it's given me probably appreciation for like how lucky we are in some areas. And Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I spoke about, you know, before we started the podcast, I only got a four-minute drive to the office, so I can't really complain about traffic, but Sydney's notorious. Oh, yeah. Tra- been a, um, that's been a blessing. Yeah. So, But I've been doing quite a lot of trips to Brisbane over the last uh, probably three weeks, and I've noticed that each week it's picked up a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, so... Yeah, I did take a photo the other morning um, of traffic in my car and then I actually realised, oh, shit, I probably don't want to get Tony a bus to taking this photo. But, <laughs> yeah, it was the first time that I'd actually seen traffic in, yeah, in probably two months. There you go. And then outside of work, mate, do you have uh, any hobbies, any things that you like to, to do to blow, blow off a bit of steam or get my, more active? Yeah, my, my blow off steam, if you will, I'm a, I'm a big beach person. I mean, I live 
uh, I can I can I can see the beach from my bedroom. So yeah, um, yeah, I try to go to the beach and do some ocean swims every day. Really, so that would yeah. be my uh, that'd be my blow off steam activity, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I was restricted for a while. I, I don't know if you guys had the same Queensland, but we weren't allowed to go to the beaches here. No, they shut them down. Yeah, they did. Um, and, then, and then it was, and then it was yes to exercising, but you couldn't, you couldn't sunbathe. You had to like get in and get out. Yeah, well, we weren't, we weren't known for anything, so I had to find these like secret ocean swimming spots. Um, <laughs> so I was doing like stealth drives around the coast, but like properly early in the morning. Yeah, then, uh, I saw the police were there at like six thirty one morning, so I had to, uh, I had to get myself out of there quickly. Yeah, right. So you live, you live uh, eastern. Yeah, I live in yeah in suburbs. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. I got a mate that lives in um just just near Coogee. Oh, man, that's right. Walking, walking distance, so which is uh which is cool. Um. So so let's say that you know everything with Cube takes off over the next 12, 18 months, twenty four months. Financial goals are hit. Business is automated. Don't need to spend any time there. What would what would a perfect day for Tony look like? I I, I, I was thinking about this because I actually really enjoy. I really enjoy working. So I would actually. I would still want to work, um, but I don't. I'm not a great evening or afternoon person. My energy levels are are best in the morning. So I reckon if I had my ideal day, I would probably be doing something like a a venture a capitalist firm, helping like businesses go from from small to mid, if you will. Yeah. And I reckon I'd work from seven till one uh, would be my ideal day, and then I would go down and I would have lunch down the beach at about one o'clock in the afternoon and then I'd be finished for the day would be my ideal day, I reckon. There you go. And then the afternoon, any where would you be off to? It'd be, it'd be so nice. I, I was just thinking, I just, I was, I'd just love to relax in the afternoon, <laughs> play golf, go to the beach. Yeah. You're a golfer? I'll, I'll say I like to play golf. Yeah, but I'm in that same boat. Yeah. It's it's great fun. I just don't seem to really get any better, unfortunately. <laughs> it takes a it takes a massive commitment. I was um when I when I first started in sales, I was always that was always my explanation to, to new people in sales. I like sales is like golf. Like you'll think you're getting really good at it, and then the next moment you realize that you still suck. Like it's one of those things that. But over time, I think if you work at it consistently, you can you can get there. I um I think I got better at sales more quickly than I, than I have. <laughs> No worries, mate. Well, um, that's it. Where, where can people find you? I know, obviously, you're on LinkedIn. We mentioned that. Tony Van yeah, Eyck, yeah. two words. Yeah, Van Eyck, two words. Or if people want to check out our business, they can go to cubeonline.com.au. Uh, yep. um, yeah, or, or you know, give us a call or whatever they're after. Okay, perfect, mate. Well, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks for uh, letting me take your uh, your first podcast. Yes, mate, enjoyed it. Thank you. So if you have a dream, go and chase it. Don't let it get wasted, even if serious risks have to be taken. Hey guys, thanks for jumping in and listening to another episode of Mike with Mike. We're now four episodes in, and boy, we're getting on a roll. We've covered the man behind the mic, mentality with Dan Cross, and you can have both learning and development with Greg, and just talking about marketing and advertising and pivoting with Tony. Next up, we're talking about money, and boy, am I excited for this one. I've sought out a personal friend to jump into the topic and talk a little bit more about wealth creation and people's attitude towards money. It'll be one not to miss. Until then, be legendary. Let your personality show. Be proud of who you are, even if it don't make you dough. Whether you're amateur or pro, there's no stopping you, bro. Be the best you can be. Sit back and watch that happiness grow.